0: The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the email marketing show, we're
1: talking about the biggest mistakes you're making with your email marketing
0: copywriting. I'll tell you what one of them is, oh, not downloading our free resource click tricks. You should go and do that immediately. Damn, you're slick. You are smooth. So polished. Professional. Professional. Listen, we've got this really cool free resource, seriously though, called Click Tricks. Loads of people downloaded it. Thousands of people have downloaded it. Uh, And it's all about how to get more clicks from every single email that you ever send by kind of creatively wrapping your call to action in different ways. We've got 12 different creative ways to get more clicks from every single email that you send. You can start using them immediately and it will take no extra work really apart from what you're already doing. Just going to do things a little bit differently. So go and grab the free resource. It Just head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks. It's excellent.
1: He asked the people of Instagram if he should scrap the beard or keep the beard and the results were unhelpfully 50 50 it's comedy hypnotist robert temple
0: and he only knows the song when the saints go marching in where are they marching because he learned to play it on the recorder it's psychological mind reader kennedy, kennedy can get inside your head. do you think we can like uh live mix or when the saints go marching in and this <laughs> i mean no can you beat match them I just, I just want to say
1: that I was about seven years old. It was in music class. Everyone was handed a recorder full of other people's spit to, uh, yeah. to learn.
0: I think that's how Covid started. I think. I, think that's, I mean, it's. True. I think how true it was. Uh, and there was uh, three blind mice. Oh, good. That was advanced. That was the second class. Page two, page two of the book.
1: So First of all, your beard is an accident.
0: I don't know if people know this. I think we've talked about it on the show before, but yeah, very briefly, it's an accident. It grew in and I didn't have my razor with me while I was away and I just sort of left it and then Kennedy said he liked it and I thought, oh, this finally Kennedy fancies me. Let's go <laughs> uh, there. Uh, and then other people said they liked it, so I just sort of left it and it's, it's a bit patchy on the sides. So that's the problem. That's, the, that's my only reservation. It's a bit patchy on the sides. So I was thinking about just going back to normal, going back to baby-faced. Uh, and then honestly, I asked Instagram. The only problem is because Instagram stories only last for 24 hours and they're gone. I wasn't online at the point, you know, like you know, you miss the, you miss the thing you're bidding on on eBay, and then Derek98226 in Salisbury gets it, and you go, ah, rats. <laughs> uh, like, because if you're not online, you just might miss. Um, I hate Derek. Anyway, um, the. Um, It was a bit like that. I missed the end of the Instagram story. So actually what what the specific results were at the very end, I don't know. It was slightly leaning in favor of getting rid of it. Like 51, 49 or something the last time I looked. Um, But Derek likes it, so I'm going to keep it.
1: Mate, poor Derek. He's currently judging your beard. And last week he was in the pantry. (laughs)
0: i hope the i hope the random the the most i tried to make the most random username i could think of but ebay's got so many (laughs) numbers. it's very likely somebody has that username you ever try and sign up for a new spare gmail account you like try and type everything and you think nobody's gonna pick this (laughs) surely rob no not kennedy the (laughs) other one the one with red hair one two six two two at gmail.com this email is taken fuck (laughs)
1: Hello. Every week on this show, we show you how to make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. We talk about email marketing strategy, psychology tactics, and share what's working right now to make more sales online, making you the email marketing hero of your business. With a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday, make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player.
0: We'd also love to have you leave a review, if you haven't already, on the podcast players. It really helps us out. So on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you can leave reviews of podcasts, uh, do take a few minutes. Just go and type a few words. A little five-star review wouldn't go amiss, if you don't mind. Um, and we uh, we we'll, we might even we should go back to reading those out, because we do get a bunch of them. But It would be lovely to have some more. Uh, it's nice to know what you think of the show, even though it's somewhat anonymous.
1: It is somewhat of a, you'll have a username like Derek Derek 692. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the number was. A callback there. A little, a little cheeky
0: callback. back. was very clever. Rob, we've got a sponsor for the podcast this week. We have. It's Poster My Wall. Poster My Wall. What does Poster My Wall do? Basically, they combine email marketing with graphic and video design and social media scheduling all in one place.
1: Well a bit like like if MailChimp and Canva and later all got together got down to it and had a baby <laughs> exactly that lovely that sounds amazing and they're sponsoring this episode of the email marketing show so definitely go and check them out go to emailmarketingheroes.com/poster my wall emailmarketingheroes.com/poster my wall check it out and remember by supporting our sponsors you're also supporting the show One of the things I think a lot of people say to us about, it's like, I'm not very good at, like, I'm not a copywriter. I'm not a writer. Or I'm not good at
0: writing at all, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it's interesting. We've been doing quite a bit of training recently. We've been talking about this, uh, this myth that you need to be a good copywriter or a good writer to write emails. Actually, if you're not a very good writer, that's actually a bit of an advantage you've got. In fact, it's kind of a significant one because nobody likes receiving emails from the slick copywriter who else wants to improve their da, 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 da? like who's connecting who's emotionally engaging with that shit answer is nobody
0: nobody it's an in- it's an interesting thing isn't it like a, like a long form written sales page or a long form um vsl a uh, video sales letter script or whatever it it's sort of sort of has one stab at the job doesn't it so like somebody lands on your page they're going to start reading the minute you lose them the minute you go off on a tangent the minute you lose them based on you know you've 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 sort of said something that's irrelevant or you've you've done something wrong you've lost them they can close the page they're sort of gone forever with email though it's a much more even if that person's on your list that's true with email though it's much more of a like a you get loads of attempts at this. You're not; tr- It's not one long thing trying to take them on a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's um, it's not like driving from Edinburgh to London. It's just like popping to the shops every day. It's like little short bursts of a journey that it doesn't really matter if they get lost along the way somewhere, partly because you get another crack at it tomorrow, but also just because, again, you're not trying to achieve this long – you haven't got as far to take them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we sort of think of an email like as having three – Prongs to it, three prongs. That's a nice word. I don't use it very often. Prongs Most of you think of a fork. Anyway, three prongs. The first one is the words like the He's actual. one prong short
0: of a fork. That's He's not very smart. <laughs> He's one, one, one prong short of a smart. Uh, uh, oh on. no! The irony. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> one prong short. One one prong short of a fork. Anyway, try try it one, one more time. Go on for it. One prong short of a fork. You've
1: accidentally invented the email Derek. marketing show uh, Tongue Twister.
0: Derek? always oh, it's one long prong short of a book. We're going to stick to the other things. We're going to stick to other methods. Are you, are you having a stroke? You're all right. <laughs> I think I'm okay. So the, is that the first,
1: <laughs> The first prong is the words. They're the specific copywriting. They're the words and all that sort of stuff. The way you say this instead of saying that um, to make people feel things or engage. And that only accounts for like 20% of of the actual impact an email can have. It's the same in any communication. I remember when I used to teach persuasion and influence, the words you say only account for 20%. It's all to do with what we call the para-language, the stuff that is, runs parallel to the language. It's the way you say it and the context under which you say it, right? So the next bit is so you've got the words, that's one thing that everybody thinks email marketing is about. Earth-shatteringly crazy, the structure is way more important, right? That's how many emails you send. When you send them, so do you send two together within an hour because that does a certain thing and then you wait 12 days, and you send another one. Like, what, what is the structure? And part of that structure is who you send it to. So some of your emails might go to people who, uh, to everybody, and some of your emails might only go to the people who clicked one of the previous emails to look at a bit of content or to watch a video or whatever it's going to be. So the structure, you've got the words, you've got the structure, which is how many emails went to send it, who you send it to, that kind of thing. And then you've got the strategy. And the strategy is the hooks, the angles, the kind of what it's about. Because let's be honest, you can put together anybody who's thinking, oh, I've put off doing, you know, really going in on email marketing because I'm worried about the words. You can have the best words. You can have, you can be a walking, talking thesaurus. But if the things that your words is talking about is nonsense, you can have the best words in the world. It's not going to make sense. Whereas you could use the simplest, dumbest words you want. And if you're talking about something which is clear, it's concise. And people want it. That's going to win every time. Or if anybody who like puts the you know long like salubrious types of words uh, into their emails, they're disengaging people. So the strategy, the hooks. It's the this email is just about the urgency the things closing tonight. This email here is about announcing the thing. This one here is just about the story of terror and what she did when she launched this campaign or whatever. So having those different hooks and having those angles right the thing is we have done other episodes with the sort of general bigger broader picture of email marketing mistakes Um, so in this one what we're going to do is just zoom in to the 20% so to just to where this 20% of results come from and that's the copywriting that's just because hey like I said to, to you Rob before like twenty. Well, we say it's only twenty percent, but at the end of the day, it's twenty percent. Like if somebody nicked twenty percent of your money right now, you'd be fairly pissed off and probably chase them down the street. So the twenty is important, but making sure you've got the structure and the strategy right way more important. There's loads of people who've got great copywriting chops, brilliant copywriters,
0: really compelling, engaging stuff, but then it's just not leading anywhere. It doesn't it's link together. On- it's honestly, this would be hard to accept, but honestly, you're going to be better off sending a well-structured campaign of, say, 12 or 20 fairly average or rough emails compared to sending one perfect copywritten email. For tons of reasons we don't have time to unpack here, but like again, I can say it again, you could send a campaign with the right structure in it of 12, 6, 20, 100, whatever emails that's been thought through and designed and specifically thought about for you. Uh, with fairly rough, ropey copywriting in them. And that is going to work way, 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 way better than one perfectly, flawlessly written, good practice copywriting emails. And that sounds crazy. But and it's one true. of the things that, that
1: I, th- I think we said recently, which I I'm,
0: I'm really think is, is a really good way of describing it, is
1: the difference between having a strategy and not having a strategy. A lot of people say, I'm going to give you a strategy for this. Most people conflate and confuse the word strategy for tactics. Tactics are things that you do. They're individual points of action. What a good strategy does is it it strings together lots of tactics in a specific way where the tactics compound one another. If you've got a bunch of tactics which are not compounding the result of each other, then it's not a strategy. It is still a string of tactics. Okay? So let's get into some common mistakes that people do make in their email copywriting. I want to start off with... Literally the most boring subject lines ever. We see this all the time. It's boring. It's formulaic. If anyone's still using subject line formulas, please stop. Because everyone's seeing them. Everyone's Everyone else is using them, which means everyone else has seen them. Okay? So and we have a bunch of training. We've got our subject lines that make sales, which shows you our exact format of how we come up with original, innovative, provocative Um, attention grabbing subject lines. So just look at your emails and bring your own unique subject lines that display your personality and use what we call compound curiosity, uh, which we talked about in a previous episode. Just search for compound curiosity. I'm sure you'll find it over at emailmarketingheroes.com.
0: So that's the first mistake. The second big mistake is having just a big wall of text. White space on the email is a really good thing. I know when you're sending like real emails, you know, like transactional emails back and forth, where I'm going to email Kennedy about something, and I'm going to email my dad, I'm going to email the guy who works at the, um, you know, the local whatever offices or whatever. When you're emailing people, um, generally speaking, you don't you don't do much. Interesting stuff with the format. You generally type from right, from left to right, all the way across the full lines of black text, and then they sort of clump together. You write long paragraphs. It's it just you know you just write and you just hit send. With email marketing though, whilst we do want to we do want to try and create the feel and the personality and the personal uh, nature of a of a real transactional email, you want to keep it short sentences. We like, especially my emails, um, are very one sentence paragraphs. Uh, a lot of the time, two sentence paragraphs. Maybe it'd be very, very rare to have more than two sentences in a paragraph. And what that means is, when in most email clients, unless you're looking on a mobile phone. But in mo- and bear in mind, everything we're talking about is worse on a mobile phone. If you have a big wall of text on desktop, it's even a bit more of a wall of text on mobile because obviously a two line a two line sentence on a desktop is probably a five line or six line sentence on on mobile. But basically, um, if you uh, What was I saying? You want to have like one to two line paragraphs tops. um, And then that way you can have loads of white space. And like we, again, over push that. So you might have something like you have a sentence and then dot, 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 whatever that's called. And then the next line down, you've got a blank space, obviously. And then after that, you've got dot, dot, dot to pick it back up again. So we even like break, set, break, single sentence paragraphs up into more than one paragraph just for the purpose of having white space. It makes them easier to to chew, doesn't
1: it? It makes them easier to chew. Like if you've got this massive... Thing. You go. How am gonna eat that? You go. Well, you know, you're gonna just, you know, just consume one little bit at a time. I think, I think yeah. that's
0: you. You want to try and have white space for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. The next one is beating around the bush, kind of going on and on and on, and people end up lost. Going, what's the point you're trying to make? And the reason this happens is because when the person sat down to write the email, they did not have a clear vision of what is the one single point they're trying to make in this email. Each email has to make one single point. One point. That's all you're allowed to do you have to make one point per email. The good news is tomorrow or the next day, you're making more points. That's how you end up with being able to do more emails. So if today is only about social proof, then you are not allowed to talk about the discount. You are not allowed to talk about the fact that it's closing tomorrow. If today's emails have about social proof, make it only about social proof. Or if it's about one element of the program that you offer, make it only about social selling on that element. So make one point, because that creates clarity and it allows your reader to lock onto that one thought and that one thought to grow in their head. Whereas if you put a load of thoughts of people, they can't lock onto anyone and then they don't think about any of them. One single point, and that allows that thought to
0: grow inside of their mind. The next thing is to really sound like you're writing your English coursework or an essay at school. Um, we're not trying to impress anybody here. And that's really important. Um, you don't need your emails to sound clever or intelligent. It doesn't matter who you sell to or what your audience is. You want them to you want them to sound simple. You want them to sound accessible. You want them to sound like something that anyone can read and understand and get value from. Um, again, you're not trying to impress anybody here. You're not trying to score points. The only purpose of your emails is to drive sales. And a lot of the time, the stuff that we think is important, it's one of the reasons why people say, I can't do email marketing because I'm not a good writer. Um, is because they think that their writing has to be impressive or intellectual or intelligent or or at least smart in order to be able to impress people, and that's not true. Um, you, it just I has mean- to be you, doesn't it? Like if you're if you've got an amazing use of the of the language,
1: then damn well use that because that's you. But if you haven't, if you talk just like you know, we talk very casually in our emails, in real life, we're not intellectuals, and we just try like this, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if I, when I did English at school and I had to write my email coursework, I had to put a load of extra legwork and Kennedy would have been the same. You have to put a load of extra legwork and effort in to make it acceptable as English coursework versus the postcard you're writing home from your holidays or whatever. Yes. And I think that that's important um, that you don't do that with this, just write the way you would write and and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh,
1: The next one is to just be telling facts uh, a big mistake we see is people just listing fact. You get this and you're going to have that. You're you're way better and you're going to connect much deeper if you use some storytelling in your emails. So not every email needs to be a story. That's, that's not true. Um, but you do want to make sure you do weave some kind of stories. And you can turn anything into a story. It doesn't mean you have to say this person was called John and this is what they did. It can be a story of a journey of anything happening from one place to another. So, adding story, not having storytelling elements, or in your emails is definitely something you want to avoid. You want to keep the storytelling in
0: there. On the flip of that, you also don't want to make your stories too long. That's important too. Rambling on about details that are not important. Listen, I do this in everyday life, right? I love telling stories. Don't Damn we? right, Jesus. I like telling stories, but I like to tell the story. I like to go there background. Mate, at one
1: time, you were telling me about something that happened like when you got to the office. And I was like, okay, what happened when you got to the office? You're like, well, two days before, I was in the car, (laughs) and I'm like, fuck me, what happened at the office?
0: Yeah, I like the details. But I don't, when it comes to email marketing, I'm very good at cutting out the details when it comes to email marketing. Um, And so that's really important. You want to just, one of the quickest ways to do this is to make sure, we always say start in the action. So again, rather than being like, hi, Sandra... Um, it was Monday and I needed to go to the bank because every Monday I go to the bank. I've done that since 1962 because in 1962, you don't want that. You just want, hi Sandra, bang. And in fact, not even that, bang, the shotgun went off and everyone in the bank froze, right? If that was the story that a guy with a gun or, or a girl, kit with a gun came into the bank and held the bank at gunpoint. You want to start with the, the big moment. So again, one of the quickest ways to keep your story short is, um, is to start in the action. Then you chop off a whole load of context, which you can build in You can build in context um, by implication, can't you? You can imply context as you go. For example, if you say, um, if you talk about a wedding, I remember the day I got married, for example, people automatically p- picture that wherever they need it to be. You don't have to say the church was this and the vicar was this and whatever, because people can decide where they think the wedding should be. If it was in a church, it's in a church. Unless the church is uh, integral to the story, like something bizarre happened that would never happen in a church, then you can talk about it. But generally speaking, you can imply a lot of the context that the story needs.
1: And the next is assuming that your audience actually know what it is that you do, the way that you do. We have to, we have to make sure that we don't really use any jargon or make assumptions. Jargon and assumptions very different two very different things. But for example, if we sent an email and it was about, and we we're saying, hey. It's really important that um to, in all this week I'm today I'm going to share with you how to improve your EPSPM. What the first thing you're going to do is blah, 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 um, there's going to be a whole bunch of people even if they experience with email marketing who will will not know what the hell EPSPM is. So what we'll have to do is go today I'm going to show you how to improve your earnings per subscriber per month. That's that's how many me- that's how much you earn for every email subscriber you've got on your list. Let me show you how to do it. Just adding that one sort of comma, little aside, gives context because any anybody, time anybody reads something that they don't understand, they're now suddenly trying to almost read it with their eyes half closed. They're trying to do it in the dark through try while wading through sludge. It's very difficult, and they're doing it uphill. Like you're really, really pushing back people's ability to do that. You want to make it really easy. So make sure they don't, they, that, they don't, that, you don't, that you don't assume they understand anything about your industry. so, And that's really simple to do. Just don't get technical. Just go with what they're actually trying to do. Hi, uh, you know, Here's how you get some e- more emails delivered. First of all, you want to make sure that the tech's set up. Instead of saying, here's how to increase your email deliverability. One, in, uh, make sure you set up your SPF records and your DKIM. No, you're going to say, make, one, make sure the tech's set up. Two, so we're going to just make sure that we don't make any assumptions around anyone's level. But at the same time, don't be condescending. So we don't want to be saying things like, and for those of you who are newer to this, or for those those of you who don't know, you're just doing it almost a bit more like you're adding a bit more context and just confirming. So, hey, I'm going to show you today how to um, increase your uh, uh, SPFPN. That's how much you make per subscriber per month. It stands for sales per, per subscriber per month. It's really simple. You are going to one. So we're going to just make sure that it's very clear what the hell we're talking about. And that relates to the the, the eighth mistake
0: really, which is back referencing. And this is important. So this is talking about an email that you've previously sent that people may not have seen. Let's not let's remember that nobody's getting a hundred percent open rates. And so a lot of the time when you send an email today, people will open that who didn't see yesterday's or last week's or, you know, some some previous email. And it's a bit like if you went to see, you know, a popular comedy technique is to do a callback. So, for example, several times in this episode, we've talked about Derek 96222221. And the truth is, in a future episode, we could randomly throw that call back in and it wouldn't make sense to loads of people because loads of people didn't hear this podcast episode. And there's some in-joke people are missing out on. If you imagine, right, you go to the comedy club and you're an hour late and you miss the compare opening up the comedy set and he makes a joke and has some chat with a guy in the front row called Derek about his eBay account. And it's really funny. But then you turn up an hour later and you've missed all of that. And he continues making jokes about Derek and his eBay account. You've, you've only got a vague idea what he's talking about. You can make some assumptions like the guy in the front row is called Derek and he must have talked to him earlier, but you don't have any real context and it makes you feel like you're not part of it. And you don't want that feeling to exist with your emails. You don't want it to feel like yesterday I told you about the three, but now there's there's a, there's a, there's a correct way and a wrong way to do back referencing. The wrong way is just to go yesterday. I told you about blah, 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 which now sounds like, well, hang on. I, I didn't see that email. I can't read the rest of this email. None of it's going to make sense. The only the only handful of places that we do use back referencing is either a we know they've engaged with the content in a previous email. For example, if you send them to a some of our campaigns, we'll send people to go and watch a video, and we'll know if they've watched the video based on them clicking and then watching the video because we track all of that. If that's happened, then you can happily back reference that email in that video because you know they've seen it. You can say, "Hey, listen, I know you saw that video yesterday, so now I want you to watch this." That's one way you can do it. The only other way that you can do it is basically by, um setting it up so that the email you're sending now that's back-referencing the previous email is not a very specific thing. So it could be, that I, or it can highlight the fact you know that you don't know if they've seen it. So for example, it could be, um, I, I, listen, I've been For the last week, I've been telling you about this amazing webinar, but I noticed you haven't registered yet, which makes me think you've probably missed all of those emails. That's a useful way to leverage back-referencing. You're back-referencing a bunch of stuff that it looks like they probably haven't seen. You're actually using that as an excuse to send this email. Hey, listen, the webinar is tonight at 8 p.m. I've been telling you about it for the last two weeks, but you still haven't registered. So either you haven't seen any of those emails or you're just not really that interested here's why it matters to you. So there's two ways you can use back referencing, but generally speaking, don't. Yeah. I love it. I
1: love it. So basically what we're saying is it really doesn't matter that much in your emails to be working on sounding smart, unless you are smart, which means you'll naturally sound smart. So just work on sound like you. Secondly, work on your grammar and your spelling to a point, like don't worry too much. I'm dyslexic. I sent a daily email and part of my opt-in page says I'm dyslexic. There's going to be typos. If you're offended by that, don't opt in. So don't focus on making sure, like we don't get any of our emails checked by anybody before they get sent. They get written. We look over them once and go, yeah, that's cool. And off it goes. But a second, like Rob doesn't come to me with his email every day and go, hey, can I send this? Absolutely not. Goes out, sort of has a typo in. Rob's quite a good speller. So generally that's that's not too bad. But in general, make it a feature, make it a feature. And just remember that the strategy is way more important than the copy. So yes, you definitely want to include these techniques within your copy. They'll definitely make your copy better, but having the strategy of how all of these emails link together is way more impactful. It's going to have more impact on your sales, on your engagement of your emails and how much you make from them. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Now
0: we're going to go over to this week's subject
1: line of the week, subject line of the week.
0: What have you got? This one's really simple and it it actually plays nicely into this episode um which is it's just the subject line is just something magical full stop um it talks about the fact the story is roughly that Kennedy and I used to go to magic conventions a lot um and that was it but basically um it's it speaks to what we said earlier about the mistake of trying to have copy written uh subject lines there's nothing in that email which is about the benefit or why they should open the email or what they're going to get or the fact we send them to a free webinar or any of those things, it's just something magical. And there's a lot to be said for having subject lines where the subject, the, the goal of the subject line is not to be clever or enticing particularly, other than to differentiate today's email from the next email. Um, and so if somebody's on our list and they like receiving our emails, we've done all of that training throughout getting to know you sequence and everything else that we do as our general approach, the strategy and the structure of our email marketing, And that means that all the words have to do, really, is say why this one might be different from yesterday's and it might be appealing.
1: Yeah, that's this week's
0: Subject Line Line of the Week. week. Subject Line of of the Week.
1: week. We'd like to officially thank Derek for his uh, sponsorship of today's episode. Uh, (laughs) Not really. But also, thank you to you for listening to the whole show this week. If you haven't already, make sure you do hit subscribe on your podcast player, because we're back next week with another episode. We're doing every email marketing Wednesday. Hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on a single episode. And we'll see you then.